They say the early bird gets the worm, ladies and gents, and I'm expecting a full packet of trolley lollies today. Welcome to All of the Odds, the round 11A preview, and the Festival of Footy continues. And if you want to catch up with the Festival of Footy, you've got to get in early, and that's what we're doing with me to break down, well, I would say all the action from round 10, but it all went basically to plan, is the punters prophet himself, Big Bustling Baz. How are we doing, mate? And how are you on this frosty Saturday morning? I'm pretty good, actually. But yeah, it's 7am. I'm used to this stuff as being a tradesman. I'm usually up and you know, I'm probably at work for everybody now. I know it's a bit tougher on you, but, but the weather, geez, that's, uh, it's pretty green outside. Speaking of grim, did you watch the footy last night? Let's get into that segment. Big wins and bad beats of round 10B. What do we make of last night's game? Is it red peds galore? Have we put red pens through both of these sides or is it a good, tough win for the Giants? Well, I never thought Essendon would make the finals anyway, so you put a pen through them. Uh, the Giants still, just, their ball movement is absolutely staggering. It's so boring, so slow. Like surely Leon Cameron is watching the other teams at the moment, seeing how they're going about it and just wants to, in, wants to put that into their game style. It's just, it's not going to work. It's been proven this season that it's not going to work if he keeps going this way. Although he did say at half time that he wanted him to take the game on a bit more. And maybe he's trying to influence it and the players are trying to be a bit safe. But I think, uh, you know, the last two years, teams have been trying to control the footy and work, you know, worry about turnovers and scores from turnovers, where this year it's kind of changed a bit. So those kinds of teams are getting left behind. It's very odd to see even that last quarter show that like if they gave a little bit more freedom and their great players can play with that freedom, then they'll kick goals and they'll win games. But it took them three yeah. quarters to get there. I hope they had a bit by some, uh, some interesting decisions. Based. So Charlie, uh, not Charlie, Jeremy Cameron's uh, goal to put them in front late in that game. It's a wet night. You always, like, you got a lead. You, def- you can see the Essen were trying to defend that lead. They weren't trying to score again. They wanted stoppages, repeat stoppages, and just like try and slow the game down as much as possible. Why at a stoppage at their half forward? At their half forward, did they not have a one behind the footy to start with, and then b a sweeper at the back because it was, it was obviously wet. And if we got out the back, then you're in trouble. So, and that's exactly what happened. They just served the ball forward. We got out the back, and Jeremy Cameron kicks a goal. So that's just um, that's inexcusable from a coaching standpoint for me. Like. It's one of the first things you do if you're trying to defend. You and even in a wet day game, you generally play with a spare and they're generally goalkeeping. They're, they're the last player for that very reason. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit silly. And obviously, there's a few misses late in that game for Essendon as well and, and a few uh, interesting umpire decisions that came in that weren't paid for the whole game that decided to be paid. But, uh, yeah, but I don't think... I don't think you saw any anything any threat from those two teams last night. No, very hard to see either of those two. If they do fall into the funnels, which they very well could, because they probably are a side like sides that are in that eight to twelve ranking. But if they do get there, there won't be uh, much of a challenge come finals. First quarter was one of the worst quarters of footy I've seen in a long time. And apparently we've seen footy being broken all year. So that's a big statement. And I don't know if you watched Final versus Sydney the other night in the first quarter, but that 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 beat that. That was sort of ordinary football as well. So at least teams were scoring. 
One game that won't be ordinary is our heavyweight matchup, our title fight, our mid-year grand final preview for all intents and purposes. So let's get into it, our round 11A previews. We're going to preview the Saturday and Sunday games, and it starts today, 4.35, Port Adelaide and Richmond are even odds. The over-under here is 114. Now, all year we've been on the Port Power bandwagon. All year people have been telling us, not to rule out Richmond. Do you stick fat in this game and back Port, or do you back the where the money's coming from and the money's flooding into that Richmond market? Who has the advantage here and who has the advantage long term? 100% I'm sitting in Port, 100% for our long term. I'm not differing from my views on this. I think Richmond had to set pull down back. We've seen it against the better sides, especially the sides that move the ball quickly. Port are one of the sides that move the ball the quickest in the comp. They like their little short kick, handball receive game. They shift the angles a bit like St Kilda do with the angle shifting. And if you use your hit-ups, and even if they do go long to a contest, you know that Dixon's going to bring it to the ground. They've brought in top last set tonight as well, who's a, you know, an extra tall, a bit more versatility around the ground. So, yeah, I, I just... You know what you're going to get from Port, and I reckon it's enough. It's going to be plenty, actually, to beat the Richmond side tonight. The only, my only concern with Port was their last three or four weeks with the travel and um, short turnarounds on games and stuff. But their mentality is uh, it's no excuse. Don't let it get in the way, and uh, you got to rock up and get got a job to do. So, And I think with what they've been doing with their wellness programs and stuff, they're pretty, that's why they're, they're performing like they are. They're a pretty, pretty tight group and... Um, uh, we've said all along that leadership and, and culture will go a long way with how this season is going. Which is an interesting statement given the week that Richmond's had as well. They've had, first off, they had the uh, COVID breach from the, the skipper's partner, and now they have uh, some magnifying glasses being put over their uh, club room and behind-the-scenes cultures, given some of their players' antics in, in club circles. It's very interesting to have a year where Richmond's culture is being brought into question, but is that more the case of just let's find things to bring down the tallest poppy? We're sick of Richmond winning. Let's make them the enemy now. I don't think, I think the culture mum was the part, his partner. That's, I mean, there's already been about 10 or 12 breaches throughout this whole thing anyway. Now players are asking for some ridiculous things as well. So I, don't, I wouldn't worry about that. But the, the child thing is a bit of a worry um, from my point. It, it just doesn't look good. Like it might be fine. It might, you know, to be honest, like stuff like that happens a lot in, in male and female change rooms. It's been blown up a bit and I can see why it is a bad look, but. A very odd look indeed. Has Rich met a team this year, though, from a purely predictive standpoint where they've been challenged outside of the football field? Do they bring it in a more intense game inside the football field or would those two situations just be completely ignored and Richmond goes out and tries to play their game? I, I think it would be, be ignored. Like, I could see them sticking up for Cochran, but I don't think that sort of stuff they, they could bring into the game. Like they, need to be, they, they need to get over that and forget about it. Port Adelaide just need to bring the heat that they brought in that second half against Western Bulldogs, and probably up a little bit, you know, just up it a little bit more, and and bring their ball movement. And even if they don't, when they do go down the line, you know, Dixon and Lasset, they're going to bring the ball to ground and get the, the small spot to work. And they've got some pretty handy ones. So I'll just, yeah, I just think Port will be too strong. Adelaide Oval as well, in front of ten thousand fans. So you go on Port at home again. I had the gut last week about Richmond. I got the gut again. It just seems to be the form horse. It's Saturday morning. 
I've been doing the form line for some bets. The only positive here that Port Adelaide has is they've only conceded seven points per game from their opposition's forward 50 chains, meaning that if the ball starts in the forward half, then that team doesn't score. And so that's what Richmond does. That's their game plan. Surge forward, lock it in, try and score. Port Adelaide's defense is basically set up to defend against that tactic. They're ranked number one defensively in the AFL for that. Good reason to tip on Port. But all the form lines in the recent month have gone Brisbane's way. So the, Richmond are back at being the number one team from scoring from clearances. They've, they're second in the competition for scoring from intercepts. Like, despite the fact they've only had seven players featured in every game, so they've got that depth that apparently everyone, including yourself, said didn't exist. And they're not getting scored against in those weakness areas that they were early in the year. So they're not getting scored against some stoppage. They're not getting scored against on the turnover. They're looking very, very good. And they've played some decent teams, although those four lines are wavering now with really Brisbane being the only team to so chop. They've played decent teams, mate. They've played well, because now we have to put a line through the Giants. So it was Giants, Doggies, Lions. Giants, Doggies, yeah. like, and Brisbane. Brisbane's the only one that's in the top eight out of those. Mm. So you can't really say you've played, like in the last month, your stats have gone up. It's a bit like playing over the last on, against Adelaide. On the flip side though, Baz. He was playing against a bunch of like, spots, like let's be honest. Poor Adelaide's form line doesn't say that well either then. Carlton, St Kilda, which was a loss, Melbourne, and Doggies. So it's basically the same form lines. They're coming off the same races into the into the big cup race today. He said Port have uh, beaten, they beat JWS. They lost, the, they just lost to Brisbane. Yeah. And you guys lost to JWS. Anyway, it's, it's, you know. It is what it is. I'm going to stick that here. You do me mate, and we'll see where we're at at the end of the day. Huh? That's exactly what we'll do. So you're going with Port. I'm going with Richmond again. Do we have any money lines here? Or is this just a great game to just watch and get swept up by the uh, the magic of football? I think uh, the last five games, Lynch and uh, Dusty Martin are both averaging close to one and a half goals a game. Um, and for Port Adelaide to win, obviously Charlie Dixon's going to have to kick a goal. Um, and I think if the weather's any good, I reckon the, the total points will go over. So maybe any time goal scorer, Dixon, Lynch, Martin into the overs, uh, you'd probably get about four or five bucks, I reckon. There's also a bunch of undercard games, if that's the total fight. Games that should be pretty straightforward, but we'll just make sure and check them off. Saturday, 7.40, Brisbane are $1.45 favourites against the Doggies. $2.75 outsiders. They're playing at the Gabba. And the line here is 14.5. The over-under is 120. Now, are you afraid that the wheels might fall off the lines or was the the aberration of goal-kicking against the Tigers just that? An aberration which they'll bounce back from and account for a very... Middling and pedestrian doggy side. Mate, they should have. We talk about it, they should have beaten Richmond. Anyway, they will. They will do an absolute number here on the doggies. If they just bring, all they gotta do is bring that intensity and that tackling pressure and just bring the heat to the doggies. And we saw that when uh, Port did that to them on last week. That the game plan just isn't up to the doggies. They allow too many set marks as well, and. Brisbane are a lot bigger and stronger than the Doggies, I reckon. And again, the Doggies scoring rows are probably up there with Collins at the moment. So, yeah, I see Brisbane be too good. They got too much for them all over the park, and uh, could could be a bit of a blur here, I reckon. There will be a bounce back, a little bit of bounce back ability as well about the Lions. I want to make a statement. I reckon they won't be happy about what happened the other night. Yeah, very much. We can't. You kind of want to see that, and you kind of need to see that 
especially if even just the little things for them being like, let's get a top two spot this year. Let's get in the top four. I know that probably they'll probably have a home ground advantage anyway, given that's one or two states that can probably play football by the end of the, by the end of the year, but you still want that second chance come finals. So a very important for the game for them, given there's only a few games left. Now we're reaching the back half of the season to, to lock in it. And if they are who we think they are, then, uh, they need to be doing an absolute number on the doggies. That being said, the doggies are a bit of a hoodoo team. So the last couple of games have really been close count, like less than 20 point wins uh, for either side. So historically these games don't get blown out, but you could see that Brisbane definitely has, has more talent and more ability to execute and definitely more ability to score than the doggies at this time of the year. Well, the doggies key for the night is Mitch Wallace. So and he can't kick a goal because he keeps getting cut open. So yeah, it's a, that's a big way for me. Josh Bruce isn't getting the job done. And, um, yeah, I just reckon the Lions will be too good. From a betting point of view, I, I saw that Jackson McRae averages 38 touches in the last five games against the Lions. Now, I know that's in a full game, but Jackson McRae is a ball magnet anyway. Um, and to get 30 or more touches, he's $1.83. So you can probably start with that and maybe go Rocky Neal plus 25, and you probably get, you know, you're probably going to get $2.53 for that. So, um, and they're into Brisbane to win as well. You probably, you know, can add a bit more there too. So that's my betting angle. And I'll just be watching this and loving it as a purist because, you know, it's a new good game of footy when these two teams play because Brisbane play good style. So the doggies, and I just reckon Brisbane will get the job done. Sunday, 3.35, with the West Coast Eagles are $1.25 favourites against the Blue Baggers, who are $3.85 outsiders. How the sun has has shone and then faded on the Blues this year. They're at Optus Oval. The line here is three goals. The over-under are very low, 102. Now, this is probably the easiest pick of the round, other than the game coming up after this. Is there any angle here to say the Blues can cause an upset? Because the Eagles' game style has not been challenged yet. So when they've been challenged at ground ball, they've been looking very shaky. But they've gone back to the West. They've played their kick mark game, and they've – Absolutely tied up teams. Any angle here for the young blues? Like they're probably gonna be pretty comfortable. I, I can't see can't see Carl getting near him. Like this is this is a tip and forget game for me. There is meant to be a little bit of rain around on Sunday or tomorrow for this game. So um maybe that might play into Carl's hands a little bit. But unless you know it's gonna be absolutely wet and we can't you won't know that until you know half an hour before the game. Just tip West Coast and sit back and, and watch. Any betting angles on this one? I'm going to leave this game completely alone. Uh, I, I couldn't find anything that was really um, – it stood out to me for value or anything like that. It's all pretty much been found. Um, the only one was probably Jack Noons. He's kicked a few goals lately, and he's probably about two bucks for any time goal scorer. I do, do reckon the line is too much for the, this game, nine and a half. Uh, that's dependent obviously on the weather. If the weather does come, I reckon that line is probably too big for Carlton. So at plus nine and a half, I'll be taking maybe have a look at Carlton at that. But again, it'll be very dependent on what the weather's like. And finally, for the last of the weekend's games, Sunday at 6.10, an absolute blockbuster, Baz. Everyone's favourite football team, the Melbourne Football Club, are $1.54 favourites against the team that we don't like to talk about anymore. North Melbourne, $2.50 outsiders. They're playing in Adelaide Oval because it's the year 2020. The line here is 10 and a half, the over-under, one twenty-five, And obviously, Melbourne being back means that it's an obvious Melbourne win, isn't it? I, I don't think so. 
when you say this is the easiest tip of the week, I, 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 I can't believe that Melbourne are a dollar for 54 favourites off the back of what they dished up last week. Yes, they won by 40 points. Did you watch the first three quarters? Yeah. They weren't they're, very they're, good. Literally, Jack Viney and Clayton Oliver carried them in that game. Like, they're still... They can't bring back... Oh, there's no teams that yet, but they seriously can't even think about bringing back Tom McDonald. I was so happy when they... Well, not for Tom, obviously, but I was happy when they admitted him and he should be playing back anyway, but we've had this argument before. But their four-line works so much better with um, Wiedemann and, and Jackson and the, a few other little fellas like um, Fritch and that running around than it does with Tom McDonald. When Tom McDonald goes forward, you've seen it all year this year, they've really struggled to be dysfunctional. But when it's Jackson and Wiedemann, they seem to have some sort of chemistry. They seem to be able to score free, like a lot more freely. Um, they seem to be able to lock the ball in there easier. So I'm glad they finally did that. You saw Clayton Oliver and Jack Vine last week as well play probably their best footy for the year. It helps when you're not playing against anyone. You know, North Melbourne's midfield arguably is a bit stronger than Adelaide's, but they're probably going to get pretty much the same ride this week as well. Does Max Gorn play? That's, that's probably the biggest one for me. He's, he's carrying a few injuries, especially his shoulder. Uh, he looks pretty unhappy about things and pretty sore against Adelaide. they got another quick turnaround, I'm pretty sure, before they play us the week after. I'm pretty sure they play them next week. And I think that, that if Melbourne is serious, I'd be looking at that going, all right, can we get away without Gorn this week? And we probably need to play against Grundy more so than, than but Goldstein's obviously playing some great footy as well. But I think their midfield can get away without having Gorn against North. It's probably against Collingwood. Do you think that Grundy's and Gorn matchups a lot more important with the two midfields? I so, think so, yeah, yeah. And then the stats back you up there as well because the Demons are generating heaps of clearances in the last month. So that's where I think everyone's getting fooled a little bit as they're following the Fox football breadcrumbs of, of Melbourne love. But, yeah, they're looking slightly better around that and not relying as heavily on Gorn because, he's, as he said, he's, he's a bit banged up so his form lines aren't really stacking up. And they can play that bit more Western Bulldog sharking of the of the ruck style. So even if Goldie does dominate whoever goes into the ruck for the Ds, at the moment the midfield is good enough to get the ball. The issue for them all year has been what they do with it, though. So they still record a, a negative four uh, negative four disposal efficiency rate in comparison to whoever they play each week, ranked last in the league. So they have the worst midfield by foot in the competition. And so that's a bit scary when it comes up against a north side that does like to score off turnovers. That's always been their issue with Melbourne. They can, they can win the hard ball, they win the, the uh, contested footy, but it's what they do out. They've got no outside run, they've got no outside players, and when they do get it, they butcher the footy worse than Connell did on, on uh, Thursday night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've got some worries, and I'm sorry about it, they've got some massive deficiencies in that list. So, but... This is probably the one of the games on the weekend. I reckon everything else is straightforward except for this game. Melbourne Adolfi four is not a betting proposition. The fact that that sure is a joke. They they might very look, they're probably gonna come out and win, but you just, a bit like the Adelaide game, you just wouldn't take it because you you just don't know which Melbourne you get. They're so up and down and cold, hot and cold and they're not that good. So they're a bottom sixteen for a reason and so on north. I 
everyone's favourite segment, Feature Bets for the weekend's action. Open house here, Baz. Bests, values or roughies, what have you got for the punters this weekend? Well, I mentioned before that uh, Jackson McRae loves playing against the Lions. Uh, so he only take plus three into Joe Lyons plus 20, Josh Dunkley plus 20 and Lockie Neal plus 25. They all average those positions this year. They all they're all around that mark. So those four in together you get four dollars fifty. You can probably power play and get five bucks. And if you like the Brisbane, you can chuck them in as well. Um, and you get an extra dot. You know you're gonna get up to six seven bucks as well. So you know they're probably the four you can start with and bank on. Um, and then maybe you know like I said, you can chuck you know Brisbane head to head or at the line or even one thirty nine something like that for a bit extra value. So. That's what I'll be playing with. Um, yeah, you get your $4.56 bucks and you obviously get your power play on top of that. Lovely stuff. And otherwise, everyone just clear out the schedule for your primetime slot, 4.35, Adelaide Oval, Port versus Richmond, and it'll be a very exciting episode of Who Told You So come Monday morning. Yeah.